You're listening to the Elim Church Northampton podcast. This message was recorded live as part of our regular Sunday service. We know that this is a great investment into your life. So tune in and give it a listen. For more information, visit elimnorthampton.com. Let's thank our worship team. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for all that you do. And also everyone that's working behind the scenes in Kids Church and welcome teams and everywhere else, we thank you. I, you know, I, I really do believe that on, on Sunday mornings, especially all over the world, when, I mean, wherever we meet as believers, I mean, God's delighted. But I, I just feel that sometimes God is excited um, about when his people are getting ready to come and worship him. You know, when, as a, a granddad now, when, when I know that my grandchildren are coming to visit us, you know, is there an excitement there when we know they're going to come and, and meet us? And it's the same with the Lord, that when we get in ourselves ready, and I know sometimes it's difficult at times, but I, God gets excited when his people are coming together to lift up his name. And so I want to encourage you today to keep fellowshipping, to keep worshipping, to keep loving Jesus because he loves us so much. As we come into the season now, coming to Easter, the topic that we most talk about is how much Jesus has forgiven us and what he's done on the cross, and that's rightly so. And so as I was thinking about coming towards to land our assignment um, campaign, I just thought, what is it that I can end the campaign on? What is it that you know, is going to be important to us to actually be effective in our walk with God. And uh, I couldn't get it away from my mind that I just felt the impression that to speak to you today that we are, are assigned to forgive. Many of us come into church and we hear the goodness of God of how much that he's forgiven us and how much that he's set us free from our sins and that is so true and so right. But I want to talk to you today that because we've received this kind of grace and this kind of love, that there will be times in our life that we will need to offer forgiveness to those who hurt us. And so I may not be speaking to everybody in the room today or online, but there may be one or two of you here today that's gone through an experience maybe in the past or maybe recently, and it's caused something in your heart to hold unforgiveness. And that is not to say that what's been done to us can be justified, can be totally wrong, out of order, can even break laws of our society. But the challenge for us as believers is that the greatest demonstration of our lives to show that Jesus Christ is living in and through us is that when we get the opportunity or we get those seasons where we are offended, that we have to show Christ's likeness by offering forgiveness. The more I've realized that in church life is that the more I'm getting closer to Jesus is a little sign. A sign is how long does it take you to forgive when somebody offends you? And sadly, some people have been offended 20, 30 years ago and still today, they carry that offence of that incident in their life. Now, I can't say it's easy for you to say forgive, but you don't know what people's done to me. 
But I want to walk us through that because everyone in this room and everybody online will at some point in their life be offended. Somebody will sin against you. Somebody will do something to your life that will cause you to carry hurt, pain, and you will have a choice of how you manage that incident in your life. So let's read from Matthew 18, because this is one of the most powerful stories where Jesus helps Peter to understand the journey of when people offend us and hurt us. In Matthew 18, verse 21, it says this, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sin against me? So this is in the church now. This is those who are believers. Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Jesus continues, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like the king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. As he began to settle accounts, a man who had owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had been sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him, began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had this man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. He said, you wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailer to be tortured until he could pay back what he owed. And Jesus said this, this is how my Father in heaven will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. In our culture today, if you look and are on any kind of WhatsApp thing or Facebook or in our culture, how easy is it today for someone to offend you? How easy is it today for you to press that button on that message and World War Three kicks off because of one Facebook post about your opinion to someone or a text message? And so how many times have you said, I just wish I never pressed that button? Or that person, I just wish I never 
sent that post. And you know, it's important to know that a simple thing like that can cause hurt and damage in our lives. And so I want to say to you that there is two sides here that some of us who do things and we live with regret and we're unable to forgive ourselves. And then there is those that offend us and we are unable to forgive those that has offended us. But you know, when that happens to our lives, we have two choices. The first choice is that you can hold on to the hurt and what they've done to you or you can release the hurt in what they've done to you. Two choices that every one of us have to make. And we will live with the choices that we make in our lives. And one is a lot worse than the other. You know, in life, things happen to us. Grief, offence, hurt. And they may even come from people that we love. Family members. People that we once were so close to in our lives. In fact, David expresses in Psalm 41... He said, even my close friend whom I trusted, he who shared my bread has lifted up his heel against me. In one sense, that's prophetic what it was about the disciples and and Judas in that room when he betrayed Jesus. But also Absalom was the son of David who tried to overthrow his leadership. David knew what it was like to be hurt by somebody that was so close to him. But even if people that we don't know still do things to us. It still hurts. It still has the potential to immobilize our spirit, to, to allow God to keep breathing his blessing through our lives. Now, I can't just, um, just define your hurt or your offense today. I just can't put a blanket over it and say, it's so easy for you that you need to forgive because there's all kinds of things that happen And there are some common things that people experience. And maybe some of these in this room and online that you've experienced them or you have experienced recently or in the past. So betrayal, someone has broken your trust. Hurtful words, offensive, insensitive to our lives. Broken promises, disrespect, being undervalued. And then five, abuse. Physical, emotional or sexual. And so we can see there are different levels, but no matter what it is, because we're human and because we, we are all people have the potential to be hurt. Also, we also have the potential to hurt others. I want to say you in church life and, and when you see what's happened in our world, and the wickedness and the evil and the destruction of lives, all because of revenge, all because of somebody done something to somebody in their past, and now they want payback. And so in church life, you would think that it wouldn't be as important, that people would think, well, because you're a church goer, then I'm sure that nobody will offend you, because we're all like angels And we're all like perfect in our lives. But how many of you know that if you've been around church long enough, that you are going to probably get offended? Nobody get offended in church? 
And how many people know also that you will also offend somebody? And it may not be intentional, but you'll say something or ignore somebody and somebody will take an offense. Or somebody will deliberately do something in your life as a churchgoer, one minute lifting their hands to Jesus and telling him how much they love him and then the next breath telling you how much they hate you. You know, none of us are immune from walking into offense or giving offense in our life. And so that's why Peter asked the question. He said, I wonder why he even asked, Lord, how many times do I need to forgive my brother or sister? Surely he asked that question because he was having some kind of conflict with his brothers and sisters in church life. He was saying, Lord, you know what? How many times do I have to forgive my brother or my sister? And he, and he goes, seven times? Now we know that the Jewish law thought it was really good if you, if you offer forgiveness three times. So Peter thought, well, if I double it and put one on, then Jesus is going to commend me. And, and isn't it interesting how we try and put a cap on God? That we try and put our standards and think that God's going to be okay with that. And so Jesus sort of looked at Peter and think, shall I tell him now or shall I let him wait a little bit? Because he thinks that he's probably forgiven his brother the seventh time and now the eighth time's coming he can now post on Facebook what he really thinks of him. Because he's justified. I've given you seven chances. The eighth chance, I'm going to nail you. And so Peter was expecting a tap on the shoulder from Jesus and going, Peter, that's absolutely amazing. You know, the Jewish custom only offers three times forgiveness, but you've offered seven. Isn't that marvellous, Peter? But unfortunately, my child, that's not enough. I'm going to tell you how many times, 70 times 7. In other words, that's 490 times per day. In other words, Jesus is trying to lift the lid that there is no limits on forgiveness. Why? Because that's what God does to us. If God ever put a cap on how much he was going to forgive me and you, all of us are going to a lost eternity. Please, Lord, don't put seven times as your max limit to forgive me when I mess up. And so Jesus knew that. And he was saying, Jesus, Peter, if I do that, your life's going to be such a mess because you're limiting my power in your life. And so he says, no, Peter, seven times 70. In other words, it's unlimited forgiveness. And so I want to say to you today, you can hold it and you can open your heart to resentment and bitterness and anger and revenge to those that wrong you. When you choose to hold on to, to that, that thing that somebody done to you, no matter how harsh it was, and I'm not justifying what they've done to you at all, but when you choose to hold on to that, what they've done to you, let me tell you what begins to grow in your heart. Bitterness, resentment, revenge, hurt, and your life begins to get stifled and it begins to tie God's hand from working in you and through you and even in the circumstances that has affected you. Forgiveness is not always easy, but when you choose to forgive that person what they've done to you, let me tell you what happens. It's not justifying 
what they've done. It's not, it's not even saying, oh, it doesn't really matter. No, what you're doing, when you let that person go of that offence, along with that offence comes forgiveness begins to release from your heart. Offence begins to release from your heart. Unforgiveness is released from your heart. Bitterness is released from your heart. And then you allow God not only to work in you, but through you. And God will avenge the wrong that's been done to us. And so I want to encourage you today, if you're sitting here with a fence in your heart, and rightly so, of what people have done to you or what they're doing to you. I want to urge you, I can't force you, I want to urge you that for your good, not for their good, for your good, you have to choose to do the God way. You have to choose to forgive and to release that person into the hands of God and your life will have fresh breath, fresh freedom within your spirit. Jesus said, freely you have received, now freely give. It's so important that we let unforgiveness pass through our lives because if you hold on to unforgiveness, it will affect you emotionally, it definitely affects you spiritually, and it will affect you physically. And that's what Jesus talks about, about that you be handed over to the prisoner. This is not talking about losing your salvation. This is talking about you living a stifled life and not allowing God to demonstrate his love through you and to you. Have you ever been around a person that holds a grudge? Do you know they're miserable? Do you know why? Because I've been that person one time. That when they hold a grudge, you become miserable, you become closed, you become, life leaves you. And Jesus says, Peter, if you're going to live the life that's going to follow me, you're going to have to learn to forgive. Joyce Meyer says, unforgiveness is poison that pollutes your spirit. In the context, Peter, Peter asked the question, in the context of Matthew 18, when Jesus said, if, if your brother offends you, or he says to go to them, it's talking about a forgiveness that brings reconciliation. So there's two kinds of forgiveness. The first one is that when, when somebody's offended you or somebody sinned against you, and then they actually repent and apologize, and then your response to that is to forgive them with a journey of bringing reconciliation to the relationship. And so that's one way where somebody have realized, you know, I did, I'm really sorry that I did you wrong. I remember one day in my first church, I was on the phone to one of the leaders in the church and we were talking about buying some furniture for the office. And um, it was, wasn't a lot of money, but it probably was important to this person. And uh, he wasn't saying, oh, no, you can't do it. And I, I sort of got... I spoke a bit louder than I should and I said, why can't we have that? You know, I just think that we should be able to go ahead and buy this chair. It was very, very little thing. But I, I, I actually said what I wanted to say in a way that I shouldn't have said it. And I knew once that happened over the phone, I knew what landed in his heart would have been that I offended him. 
But over the day, I couldn't rest because I knew what I did was wrong. And I so, so said, I am so sorry. And I prayed before the Lord. I said, Lord, even though I was right, I was wrong in the way I said it. And I thought, how am I going to help this person know that I'm really sorry? And in those days, there wasn't Facebook or Twitter or, you know, uh, the mobile phones like there were then to send text messages. So I wrote a letter, a letter of apology in detail of how I am really, really sorry and what I've done to you. And I know that you didn't mean what you said and I overreacted. Please, will you forgive me? And I sent him the letter. And you know, he received that letter with so much grace. And I tell you, our relationship after that moment got even stronger. And that's the Christ kind of Christianity that we need to live. But you know something I've realized that that when somebody offends you, and it can be in, your, in, in any context, and, and when they come back and say, do you know something, I, w- I was sorry, and they apologize, and, and automatically you think that relationship's going to start where it was before the offense happened, it doesn't always happen like that. Why? Because to be honest with you, I really need to know if you really are sorry. Because if it's only apology, I guarantee you that offense will happen very quickly. Because it's not just about an apology, it needs to be repentance. Because repentance means it changes your attitude and your actions in what you've really done. And too many of us in church life, in our relationships, somebody has hurt you, they've come back and said they're sorry, but they're not really sorry because they did it again next week. And it repeats itself time and time again. And we are so vulnerable wanting this relationship to happen that we put ourselves back in that same situation and we get hurt time and time and time again. And you're saying, yeah, but Jason, I'm forgiving. I'm I'm forgiving. Yeah, but no. Forgiveness is also conditional sometimes that I can still forgive you, but I don't need to allow you as close as you were before if you're still going to keep hurting me. Does that make sense? I forgive you. I I have no bitterness against you. I have not hatred against you. I don't revenge. But until I see you change, I am not going to let you as close as you were before until I see God working in you and you really, really, truly repentant that you really hurt me. And so that's the reality of it, is that we will offer forgiveness, but we must test people's hearts if they really, really are Sorry for how they've hurt me. There are people in my world right now that they've done things to me in the past and we were probably close and because of what they've done, they've apologised and I've forgiven, forgot really, but I will not be as close as I was before because there's not enough evidence that they're not going to do it again. And sometimes we're too eager Because we think that we're going to lose a relationship. But at the end of it, it's not going to be healthy for your life. We do need to take responsibility for our actions. And the other kind of forgiveness is that when somebody hurts you and they've got no intention of (laughs) apologising. In fact, they think they're right. In fact, they couldn't care less what they've done to you. They're not even bothered. In fact, they're enjoying their life so much, they're not, you're not even a thought in their mind. 
And that, I believe that's a more difficult kind of forgiveness. But you know, Jesus actually demonstrated that kind of forgiveness when he was on the cross. The soldiers that crucified him and the Jewish people that, 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 that voted for him to go on that cross was not asking Jesus for forgiveness for what they've done to him. But Jesus looked at them. They wasn't even asking for it. They didn't even deserve it. But Jesus looked at them and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He released forgiveness in spite of their response of wanting it. Why? Because he was showing us that no matter if people do not want it, you cannot carry the offence or the hurt or the pain, what they've done to you, hoping that they will ask you for forgiveness. You've got to allow your heart to be free from this pain of bitterness and hurt in our lives. And so what do we do? What can we learn from this story very quickly? Number one, if you ever forget that God forgive you of all your sins, you'll never forgive anybody. The whole point of this story is Jesus saying, this man hold 10 million pounds and he couldn't pay off the debt. There was no way he could pay it. But because I had compassion on him, I released him from his debt. And the, and the, the first step to releasing forgiveness to those that hurt us is, is, is knowing how much that we hurt God and knowing that there was no amount of money that we could have worked for or paid to pay the debt that we offended God with. It was impossible. That's why Jesus had to come and die for us on a cross because only he could pay the price for the, for the cause that we aggrieved God with our lives. And, and Jesus was saying, let me tell you about this man. He owed so much money that he couldn't pay the debt. And I want to say to you that no matter how hard you work, that you can never earn God's forgiveness because it's by grace that you've been saved. And it's not of yourself so nobody can boast. It's the gift of God. And none of us in this room could have ever been forgiven by our works. And God had mercy on us and God had compassion on us. And we were sentenced to eternal punishment. But God in his mercy offered his forgiveness by dying for us on a cross and so he was saying to Peter, this is how much I've forgiven you. This is how much I am going to forgive the world and they don't deserve it. But once you've received that forgiveness, don't go and leave my presence like this other servant who's been forgiven so much and he finds somebody that has offended him, but he will not offer the same forgiveness that he's received himself from his master. And he holds them to account and he somehow forgot how much that he'd just been forgiven. And Jesus is saying, Peter, that's how easy it can be that you forget the debt that I paid for your life and you can never repay me. And so you must begin to allow yourself to offer a smaller kind of debt. And he, he compares the amounts of money that I've been forgiven of 10 million and now you've got to forgive 10 pounds worth of debt. Jesus said, that's the difference. And so Peter is, is understanding a little bit more that you cannot forgive unless you know that you've been forgiven of much. Colossians says that when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, 
having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. That's what Jesus has done for us. And now we have to offer some of that back when somebody offends us. We offend God. But His grace and His mercy is on continuous flow over our lives. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as He removed our transgressions from us. And so the first thing that we have to lean into, because you can't do this in your own strength, knowing I've been forgiven much. And because of that, I'm required now by God to forgive. I'm required, I'm commanded, I'm authorized, I'm assigned to offer forgiveness. Number two, one day you are yourself are gonna need someone to forgive you. You're gonna offend somebody. You're gonna do something to somebody that hurts them. And you are gonna need the same kind of grace coming towards you. No, you don't deserve it. But because of their willingness to obey Jesus, they're gonna offer you forgiveness. They're gonna offer you peace in your life. Just remember one day that you're gonna need forgiveness from somebody else. And the third and final reason is that if you hold on to unforgiveness, you will be imprisoned. You will be held hostage and tormented in the prison of resentment, revenge, and bitterness. We don't minimize the sin or the wrong, but because we're unwilling to let go, we'll be held a prisoner. And if you're in this room today, if you're online, you will know what that feels like. You will know what's going on inside of you to the wrong that's been done to you. And maybe as I'm speaking to you, something is being brought up to you from the past and you realise that you're still carrying in your heart the hatred, the anger, the bitterness, the revenge about that person. Maybe you recently have encountered some kind of offence and hurt and harm to your life and disjustice. And you've walked in the room today and you are all about getting revenge. I want to tell you, you're a prisoner. You have to let it go and let God work in you and through you. Someone said to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. That the prisoner was you. As I come to a close, I was thinking about this and I, I had an illustration that I need to do today to demonstrate God's power breaking 
this over your life. In 1 Corinthians 13 verse 5, it tells us that love keeps no record of wrong. Love keeps no record of wrong. Now I know that that record can be in two ways. It can be on a piece of ledger that you write down that you owe me. But I, but I happen to think of it a different way because of, I'm old now. And, uh, and how many of you remember the good old vinyl records? Well, they're coming back into fashion now. Did you know that, guys? You worship guys. Did you know these coming back into fashion? The vinyls. And on the vinyls, there's two sides. There's an A side and there's a B side. And the Bible says that love does not keep a record of wrong. And do you know when I put that on the record player, because they're coming back in fashion now, the things with a little needle on, remember them? Do you know, no matter how many times I put that needle on there, it will play the same song every time. A side, one song. B side, another song. But the songs won't change. But you see, love keeps no record of wrong. And in some of our lives today or in the future when it happens to us, there will be some records playing in your life. On the A side, the record will be playing what they have done to me. How could you have done that? I can't believe that you would do that. I am so offended. I am so hurt. And that record rehearses and plays constantly in the morning, in the afternoon, at night. You go to bed playing it and you wake up back into playing it over your life of what they've done to you. That's when you know that you're keeping a record of wrong. That's when you know that you're being a prisoner, that you can't get away from that keep playing in your mind and in your heart and every time it does you get more and more angry and you want more and more hatred and you get more and more revenge and it's playing constantly in your life and no matter where you go holiday wherever you go see friends it's there with you you take it with you because you become a prisoner of the offence that's been done to you and no matter how much you pray no matter how much you talk it's still playing in your life because you have keep keeping a record of wrong in your life. What they've done to me. What they've done to me. And then side B. Side B is what I want done to them. I'll get you back. I wish you was this. And I'm going to make sure you pay. If it's the last thing I do, I'm going to get revenge. And that record begins to eat you up every time you think about that person, every time somebody talks about that person, what goes inside of you intensifies. And Jesus said, don't you realise you're a prisoner? And then finally, there is someone in this room and someone online that the person that you need to forgive is you, is yourself. 
that some of you have done something to others and you've really repented of your sin and you're really sorry for what you've done, but you still can't let go that you made the big mistake in your life and you live with regret. And you're a prisoner too. But God wants you to be set free today. If you're in this room, if you're online, and you know that the Word of God and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, then we're going to break this over your life. It may not happen instantly. You may be on a journey with this as the seed of the Word is spoken to you today, that you know in your heart you have to do it, but you just think, I'm just not ready yet. Listen, the longer that you leave it, the longer that you'll stay in chains. Can you stand with me? I'm going to pray a prayer over your life and this is what I felt to do if this applies to anybody in the room or online. Number one, if you've been offended and you're going through a time where you're struggling of the offence and hurt and I'm not actually, I'm not actually playing what people's done to you down. What I am saying is don't allow that person to continue to ruin your life. That you're going to say, Lord, today I'm going to let it go. doesn't mean to say if you're going through a legal journey that you have to let that go. As long as your heart is not contaminated with bitterness and revenge and hatred, that's what's got to go. Because love does not keep a record of wrong. And if you're here today and you know that person that you have to forgive is you because of what you've done in the past and it still haunts you and you wake up still with a condemnation and guilt over your life, Jesus wants to set you free today because He's forgiven you of all your sin. And so what I felt I needed to do is I'm going to pray a prayer but this record is going to represent those two sides the A side and the B side what they've done to me and what I want to do to them and when I pray this prayer I'm going to break this record I'm going to break it as a symbolic sign that that offence is no longer going to have control over you the Holy Spirit will do something supernatural as you respond to Him and say, Lord, will you help me to release forgiveness today over that person's life? I'm letting them go, realising that you are going to come out of the prison and let God be your vengeance. If that's you today, I want to pray right now and I want you to pray from your heart. Lord, I come before you today and to ask you to help me in forgiving those who have hurt me. Help me today to let go of any bitterness or anger and revenge that I'm feeling towards those who have wronged me. I choose today to forgive them 
I let go of bitterness. I let go of anger. I let go of resentment. I let go of revenge. Lord, fill me today once again with your peace. Let me be free from this prison. And I ask it in Jesus' name. For those of you here today, that you're the person that you need to forgive. You have to forgive yourself. God's going to lift off you guilt and condemnation today. If you've really repented and you know you have, God's going to set you free from that prison. Say, Lord, I am truly sorry. And I have repented, Lord, of my sin. Lord, would you free me today from condemnation? Would you free me from guilt and blame? Let me be free from this prison and walk in total forgiveness and freedom. Father, I pray as I break this vinyl record, I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you'd release people in this room and online from their prison. I ask you right now, Lord, that you will set your people free. Break every chain. Open every prison door let freedom come once again in the name of Jesus